Episode 7, What Does Inspiration Feel Like? I'm Shelley Shumway, and this is Doing It Differently. If you desire to have a new experience, trusting God to lead you in creating your ideal life, you are in the right place. Hello, my friend. So we've talked about what your brain does when you go for a goal. We've talked about um, how to tell inspiration or if it's just you and all of this in helping us make God our CEO in being able to hear him and use that, that knowledge that he gives, that advice that he gives in order to make great decisions in our life, in our professional life, in our, in our personal life. And, and I had the thought to make another video more specifically on what does inspiration feel like? Because I, I sense that there are some questions out there of, okay, so you talk about getting an inspired idea. How do you really know like what that, what that feels like. How can you tell if it's an inspired idea and, um, just need more information about that. So I thought I would dig deeper into that today. So I'm going to draw a picture of a person here, a stick figure. Okay. So this is us, this stick figure here. For those of you on the podcast, who can't see this. This is on YouTube. Okay. So this, this here is us. Now, what does, what does it feel like in the world? Like, what do the voices in the world feel like? Like, right, like the voices in your world, they might um, be <laughs> irritating. <laughs> If you have stuff going on with your kids and they're not getting along, they might be irritating to each other, might be irritating to you. They might, um, you might have some like out in, in the world, you might have some loud voices. You might have anger. You might have ang angry voices. Um, you might have threatening you might, it might feel threatening. The um, voices in the world might feel threatening. Um, I know I have felt that, especially as a, as a kid, I felt that. And sometimes I still feel that just because I felt that so much as a kid. And sometimes I remember that. Um, they are usually booming, booming and get your attention type voices or things that you see on the media. Um, that they are often like if you uh, pay attention to um, advertisements at all, which a lot of us don't have to see as many advertisements as we used to, but a lot of them actually use fear, fear of missing out, fear of not being liked, fear of whatever it is. And unless you buy their product, um, fear, how about doubt? How about doubt if you have what it takes, if you're not like everybody else around you, 
if you're um if if you're uh, one of the outliers um doubt you can have doubt in your abilities at any time but especially with all of the comparison that goes on in the world that um there's a lot of self doubt because you're no longer paying attention to your inner voice you're paying attention to outside voices and trying to match those. We're never meant to match those. We're only meant to match our own voice. Everybody is very different and there's no way that we can be like the general populace. No, there is no normal. (laughs) And, and so that that doubt of not fitting, you know, that, that self-doubt that comes from not fitting in or like being very out there. I know that when I first had the impression to share about making God's your, making God your CEO and sharing that with people and helping them to turn to God more for their answers, both professional and personal, I really uh put that off for a while because i thought i don't see a lot of people doing that <laughs> and so it was interesting that god like like almost led those into my facebook feed like people who were talking about jesus people who were talking about god and relying on him in your business like because i'm a coach and so i see a lot of business marketing a lot of coaching marketing um and a lot of ads for that and uh <laughs> So he was showing me, "Ah, you're not the only one talking about God (laughs) and getting answers. So it, it was kind of, I kind of chuckled when I saw that. I'm like, okay, thank you. Okay. (laughs) I can move forward. So sometimes we have doubt if we're like, if we're, if we feel very different than other people, which we all are very different from everyone else. And so the ultimate comfort comes from God. It doesn't necessarily come from other people. Like we can receive a lot of comfort from other people, but it is true that there is no other human that really understands completely what you are going through, your unique experience, all of the unique programming that you have picked up along your life that's now stored inside of you that um, changes how you see the lens that that how you see the world and the perceptions you have. And no one really understands that except your creator, except God. He's the only one. Jesus, God, um, they're the only ones who really know. And so that's another reason why I turn there a lot. So we've got all of these voices, okay? we can probably safely say that God doesn't sound like this, right? Doesn't sound like that. Um, So what does he sound like? Well, I tend to turn to his creations to know how he sounds. And I know a lot of people do this. A lot of people worship best in the mountains, right? (laughs) Um, And uh, there's a reason for that because those mountains are his. <laughs> no man created those. <laughs> they can try, but it's not the same. And so when you are when you are in nature, 
How does that feel when you're with his creations with you? If you're outside, you're, um, uh, stand like sitting under a tree. Um, how does that, how does that feel? How does it feel to touch the grass? How does it feel to even imagine a waterfall or walking through a forest? Does that feel different than the loud, booming, screaming voices that you get in the world? It feels more calm, feels more peace. And so you feel that calm and that peace and the, um, I'm writing something down because I just thought of another thought that I want to share in a second. Okay. So we have peace and stillness, calm, surety. How else does it feel? How does it feel when you when you're on a beach? Um, might feel grounding. You feel very um, inside your body. I don't know if you've ever noticed that before. I have. When I'm in fear, it's almost like my my inside, my inner self, my spirit wants to like leave my body. <laughs> like I feel like I'm floating outside of me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not completely inside of me. <laughs> and so I feel very grounded when I'm on a beach or when I'm um, in a forest. Um, when I'm barefoot on the grass. I mean, that's like physical grounding, but um, uh, you can feel that groundedness in your in your soul. Um, that so let's see peace stillness surety calm um happy uh ultimate joy and you can feel that joy even in the middle of grief like when a loved one dies and you have that that grief you can still feel his joy through that grief um I have experienced that. Um, and so that's even more than happy. Um, so these are a few of the, the feelings that when I think of how God speaks, this is how he speaks. And this is how he, we see him in nature, even in a waterfall, like Niagara Falls or a huge booming waterfall there's still a sense of stillness in there. There's still a peace there. Um, so, hey, when we're, when we are asking questions and listening, that is a, that is a key, right? When um, it's, it's not like we're like asking a question and then just up and up and at them, you know, like, okay, I asked my question. He's going to follow me around and he's going to, and he is going to talk really loud so that I can hear him through all the busyness of my day. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes he does meet us there when we have a prayer in our heart. I've noticed in, in my life that sometimes he, he meets us where we are, like the woman at the well in the New Testament. He met her where she was. She was getting water. That was a very important thing that they had to do back then. And he met her where Jesus met her where she was while she was working. Um, one thing to, one thing I want to point out here is that 
sometimes it's really nice to listen while you're asking questions. Um, I listen while I'm asking because sometimes I get answers while I'm asking the question. Sometimes I get answers before I finish asking the question. And, um, and I'll, and when you have impressions, when you ask questions, note how they feel. Because even warnings, I have noticed warnings that come from God still have a, a stillness to them. They still have a love in them, like a feeling of acceptance and like, hey, just to let you know this thing and you can do it. <laughs> and the warnings that my brain has furnished or <laughs> um, that I have that I've received um, are their doubts. They're uh, laced with shame sometimes or fear. And it's like, oh, you didn't do that. You should, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda, or, you know, that kind of language, or um, it, this isn't going to work out unless you do this, you know, that kind of feel, that kind of warning. And so it's a very different kind of warning than the, than the warnings I get from God. Um, and the ones that are in, from my head are, they are full of the programming that I have picked up from my world since I was born. So there's going to, there's going to be a lot of negative programming in there that I haven't resolved yet. That's still in there. That still, um, is going to come up. So, um, one thing that I have noticed in getting answers is that his voice remains the same. Our voice can change. Our listening can change. So for instance, our voice can be really booming and loud and um, we can go into anger and fear and resentment and, and embarrassment and insecurity and, and all of the, all of the stuff we can, our voice can go into all kinds of different emotions um, and, and be loud or be or be calm. And his voice is the same always. It might have a sense of urgency to it sometimes. And even then it's still calm. It, even if it's urgent, because I have felt that too. And maybe you have too, you've had a, a feeling of urgency, like hurry and do this, but it's not necessarily hurry and do this, or you're going to, or this bad thing is going to happen or like hurry and do this. Um, because, uh, you're like not going to be accepted if you don't do this, or like somebody's going to look down on you or like, it's not that kind of urgency. It's not that kind of message. It's usually a warning to help you in some way or help somebody else. And sometimes we're even given a vision of what it is, um, that we need to help with. Um, and then the last thing that I wanted to share today was that sometimes when I am, I am writing my questions because a lot of times I'll, sometimes I'll just ask them while I'm on my knees. I, I tend to get more answers on my knees and it's worth it. Even if my legs go to sleep. Um, but, and, and then sometimes I get answers right here at my desk, um, in my office, I get answers here too. 
um, because it's a peaceful space. And um, so like, I've got these notebooks and I, I buy them in bulk <laughs> and because there's something about writing for me that when I write it for one, I write, I write down my questions for him so that I can remember what I'm asking and I can remember what comes and that you get more credence, your brain has, um, it trusts things that are written down. It gives more credence to things that are written down. They're documented. They're more official almost. And your, your brain will, um, believe them more. So sometimes when I'm asking questions and I, um, I really don't know what the answer will be, but it's very, very important that I know what he's going to say. Then I will first put myself in a space where it's peaceful, where it's quiet. And um, sometimes that's in the middle of the night <laughs> or wee hours of the morning. Sometimes it's right in the middle of the day. Um, it's a quiet space where I'm putting myself in a quiet, calm space so that I can hear a quiet, calm voice. And I've noticed that he actually talks to me in my language. So he uses words that I use, although he uses less of them. He's not as wordy as I am when I'm writing and telling him all of the stuff that I'm concerned about. And then I start asking him questions. He has very succinct ways of talking to me. Um, he may be more detailed in talking to you. Um, I have a friend who he tells her paragraphs of things um, of uh, reassuring her of how he feels about her and, and things like that, because that's what she requires. And what the way he'll talk to me is he'll give me more truth. He'll give me more information because that's how I'm wired. That's what I, that's what calms me most. And so how he talks to me is going to be different about, um, than how he talks to you. Um, another thing is, um, I noticed that for me, when he talks, it's usually positive and encouraging, accepting, or it's neutral. It's never negative. It doesn't sound like the voices in my head, the doubts in my head. It's not negative. It's either neutral or it's positive or encouraging. So um, it's just interesting to note. And it's a practice. I mean, I've got many, many notebooks <laughs> um, of these conversations and they're like gold to me. I, um, I've gone back and looked at them many, many times. And uh, sometimes when I'm asking a question, he'll say, refer back to what I told you last time. <laughs> so then I'll go back and I'll be like, oh, he told me to do this and I haven't done it yet like the podcast <laughs> that the podcast, he told me to do it like two months ago, or like it was, um, it's now September. He told me, um, to do it back in, um, early July, I think is when he told me to do that. And so it took me a while to, to do it, to figure out the tech and do it. 
and um, get the courage to do that new thing. And um, I was asking him some new questions of how to do some certain things and what my next steps are. And he said, refer back to what I already told you, do that stuff first, and then you'll be ready for what I can, I can give you now, but it will be too much if I give it to you now. So just go back and do what you have it recorded. You have it documented in your, in your little notebook. So go back and do it. I hope that this has helped you a little bit to understand what inspiration can feel like for you. It really is a practice. And it will, the way I describe it may be different than the way you describe it. And I'm hoping that some of these words help open your mind so that you can um, recognize the ways that you've all, you've already heard him and maybe reminded you of times that you acknowledged that and said, oh yeah, oh yeah, I've heard him a lot in my life. Cool. <laughs> um, and it's my, it's my belief that he actually talks to us often. It might not be what we're asking for right now, but I believe he, he gives us all kinds of great help and inspiration all the time. So I hope this helps you and we'll see you next time. Take care. This month of October, I am teaching a series of live classes on Fridays that are focused on deepening your connections, increasing your personal vibrancy, and creating your meaningful pursuits. Check out the link in the show notes for more information.